You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. And so I have a perfect word for you today. I, I just want you to do one thing. I want you to shift your dish from unbelief to faith. I want you to shift it from impossible to all things are possible. So I want you to stand up and, and I get people to do things in the natural, like a natural, a natural action so you can have a spiritual reaction. Just kind of like get your, your little personal spiritual satellite dish and go and then put it up and just say, I receive the word of the Lord with faith. I want you to say it with some attitude and some feisty. Come on, we're going to do this. I receive the word of the Lord with faith, with gladness, with joy. I declare that you are the God that makes impossible things possible. You exchange mourning for the oil of joy. You exchange ashes for beauty. You exchange fear for faith. You exchange discouragement for courage. In Jesus' name, I declare this is my portion. This is the word of the Lord for me. In the name of Jesus, now shout a great amen. Shift, 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 shift. Listen, some of you need to learn a lesson as you take your seats. Don't come under an atmosphere. Shift it. If you if you don't control the atmosphere, the, the atmosphere will control you. And, and I felt it and you're beautiful, faithful people and you're here, but I just knew I can't just get up and come under. I got, to, I got to stand up and I got to take authority because God loves you and He's got something He wants to speak straight to your heart today. And, and I know some of you are troubled and distressed. And the Word of the Lord is this. Yes, in this life, you will go through trial and tribulation. But, how many people want to thank God for His but today? But, all right. But, be of good cheer, the Bible says in the book of John. For I, Jesus speaking about himself, have overcome the world. The Amplified puts it this way. It says, be undaunted. Be encouraged. Be confident. My victory is abiding. My gosh, it, it cancels out every defeat of everything that you've ever gone through or ever will go through, Jesus declares you a victor because He was a victor. You're a winner because you follow a winner in Jesus' name. Somebody shout to God. Come on. Things are going to get feisty in here before it's done, but it's okay. I'm, I'm committed to the process. I'm committed to the process because I'm committed to you. I love you. I really, really love you. Today, I want to tell you this. God is going to bring about the missing peace in your life. And I don't mean peace, P-I-E-C-E. -E. I mean peace, P-E-A-C-E. -E. You're going to get some peace that's been missing from your life today. I'm just going to get you to hang out. You're helping me. I like this. I like this. Life is always better than music. All right, I want to say this today. I'm going to start reading from the book of Mark, chapter number four. It's 
a beautiful story about where the disciples were encountered a storm. How many people have ever been through a storm? A, a, like a storm of life. We haven't been through storms really in San Diego. Let's face it. We live in paradise. Oh my gosh, it's 65 degrees. I'm freezing. Okay. The worst storm is the patio chair falls over. Hashtag we will, we will rebuild, right? Okay, we don't know nothing about storms in the natural. But, but storms, the storms of life, that's a different story, isn't it? And so this particular story in the book of Mark, chapter number four, and you can go ahead and turn there, the Bible actually calls a squall. A squall is a sudden storm, a storm that you're not expecting. They, they never went onto their iPhone and said, oh, geez, we're expecting a storm today. That it just came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, the sky turned black and stormy and the lightning struck and the thunder clapped. And the Bible says that these men were afraid. Let's read the story together. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. On the same day when evening had come, and you might be in an evening moment right now, but joy cometh again in the morning, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, and sometimes you have to leave the multitude in order to hear and experience God. They took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a my pillow from Mike Lindell. (laughs) And they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And maybe today you're in this house and you're going through a squall, an unexpected storm. And on the inside, on the outside, you're playing church and you're smiling and you're greeting people. But on the inside, oh God, do you not care about what I'm going through? God sent me with a word today to tell you, I care. I'm here. And that Jesus is going to stand up on the inside of you and command a great calm to come where the storm once was. Keep reading. Spoiler alert, I just kind of gave away what happened. Do you not care that we are perishing? Then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. Peace be still. You know, when Isaiah prophesied the coming of our Lord Jesus, the final name he ascribed to him was the Prince of Peace. Maybe you're missing peace today. I believe in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, peace is gonna be restored into your life today. And then the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I've heard it said that having Jesus in your boat doesn't mean that you won't go through storms, correct. And then they go on to say, but you got someone to stand with you in the storms, also correct but you're missing a piece. You've got someone that can calm the storm. He's not just with you. He speaks to the storm and says, peace, be still. And then the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And we'll get to that. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Thank you, friends. You can take a seat and listen to this for the third time. (laughs) 
we've been together for a while, us guys. So here's what Jesus said in the book of John, and I want you to grab a hold of it today. In John 16:33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. Isn't that beautiful? He says, be these things, not do them, be them. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. I want to talk to you this morning, my dear friends, about how to get that missing piece back into your life. Very simple, very practical, but very powerful message that will change your life if you receive it. More than anything today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say some great things, some things that you can retweet and you know, write down in your journals, but more, more than anything, I'm gonna impart something today. I'm gonna impart something. So you're gonna leave this place and you're gonna be hit with the residue of peace. And I would say to you, carry it into your week and into the Christmas season and remember that God is with you. I just want to break it down practically and talk to you about how to get that missing piece back. The first thing we need to do and the first thing that the disciples did in the midst of the storm was they talked to Jesus. They woke him up. They woke Jesus up. And some of us are going through storms and what we haven't done is talk to Jesus. Now, now. We know it's called prayer, but quite often when you use the term prayer, people shut down immediately. She's telling me to pray more. That's what every pastor says. Yes, because it works. But let's take the religiosity out of the term. Let's not call it prayer. Let's call it having a conversation with God. Talking to God about what you're going through. And can I dispel a myth today? In some circles of Christianity, they'll, they'll say, well, you need to, you, you, you can't pray that. You can't talk to God about those things because that's not faith. Well, the Bible says this in the book of Peter. Cast your worries, your anxieties, and your cares upon the Lord because he cares about you. Doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is, if it matters to you, it matters to God. Be honest with Him. A lot of us vent in the wrong direction. We've got our friends on speed dial. We go to the phone instead of the throne. But there is one person who can never be wearied by our continual coming. I can wear my husband out. Oh, trust me, I can wear that man out. I can wear my friends out. I can wear my pastors out, I can wear my connect group leaders out, but I can never wear God out. In fact, Jesus shared a story about a woman they just called the persistent widow. Persistent. And Jesus told this story about how she would come again and again and again with her prayer and request. She wore everybody else out, but Jesus said, you know what? This woman has faith that is actually unique and rare on this on this earth right now, I want you to take her cue, her model as an example for your own life. Come to God and bring to him what distresses you. Peter tells us, cast your cares upon the Lord. He then goes on to say, be sober, be alert, keep your eyes open because your adversary, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Isn't it interesting to me, especially as a pastor, 
I've noticed that when people don't cast their cares upon the Lord, they become vulnerable to the enemy's attack. And the reason we have so much anxiety and so many people afraid on the earth today is simply because we haven't learned to cast our cares. Will you talk to Jesus about what you're going through? Will you tell him the storm you're facing? It's okay. It's not a lack of faith. Look what Jesus did when he was facing the darkest day, the the greatest evening of his life. He was just about to go to the cross. The Bible says that he walked into the garden of Gethsemane and he fell on his face. How many people here have ever been so distressed that they've fallen on their face? Yeah, I know what that's like too. And then he prayed this, which to many would seem like a faithless prayer. Oh God, please, I don't want to go through with this. But then he ended with, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then the Bible says that angels came and ministered to him. It's okay for you to be honest with God about what you're going through. The disciples, they were smart. They woke Jesus up. I want to say to you today, cast your cares upon the Lord. The Bible says of Moses that God spoke to Moses like a man speaks to his friend. Isn't that so beautiful? And we think that unless we're kind of got the religious and we've got the scripture down pat and we don't say um or ah or don't have a second to pause, that, that somehow God will hear our prayers and if we stomp the right way and if we stand the right way and if we pace back and forth, no, forget all that. Just, just be honest with God. Oh, Father, I'm anxious. I'm walking through a storm. I'm troubled. I'm, I'm afraid. Oh, God, you love me. I'm your child. Reassure me of your presence. The Bible tells us in the book of Philippians, don't be anxious or worried about anything. And quite honestly, there is a lot to be worried and anxious about in this world. Some of our fears are not unfounded. And yet Paul tells us in the book of Philippians, I don't want you to be anxious and worried. When you get anxious and worried, I want you to pray. I want you to come to God with thanksgiving and I want you to come to him in prayer and persistent prayer and tell him what you're going through. And then the Bible says, then the peace of God will fill your heart and will replace every worry in your world. It will guard your heart, your mind, and your emotions. We have a privilege called prayer. We have a privilege called we get to talk to God. Don't be silent when you walk through your storm. Cry out to your Abba Father and say, Oh, Father, help me. God, I feel like I'm perishing. I feel like I'm going to go under, but I know you're here and I'm going to call out to you. When you're walking through a storm, if you want to get your peace back, you've got to talk to God. And, you know, there may be times like I've been through where, where you actually don't even know what to pray. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I've certainly been through many of those times in my life when one of my children was away in a rebellion and breaking my heart with his, with his actions. I didn't even know what to say. I didn't know what to pray. But thank God there's a scripture for that and God has something to say about that. And he says, you know what? You don't know how to pray as you ought to. So instead, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit pray through you. So you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, gets God's fire on your prayers and pray in tongues. Well, I thought we weren't meant to pray in tongues. I thought that was just for, for, for the people back in Jesus' day. No, it's for right now. 
John said, I baptize with water, but when Jesus comes, you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with power, with fire from on high. You pray the perfect prayer every time when you pray in tongues. In fact, in fact, because it's the 12 o'clock service and the filter is long gone. I'm gonna say this, this year I'm gonna prophesy a revival of, of of tongue-talking, spirit-filled Christians rising up in their prayer language and seeing things shift. I didn't think it was today. You know what Paul says? Regarding spiritual gifts, I wish you weren't ignorant. And yet we live in a world that is ignorant to the power that has been afforded to us as believers. God spoke to me and said, Leanne, if you will commit to praying in tongues for 10 minutes a day, My gosh, you can do that in your car on the way to Starbucks. He said to me, if you will do that, then your life will change in a way that cannot be measured or quantified. Come on, let's stir up a revival of Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled people that know how to pray in the Spirit and see things shift so when the storm comes, they're not afraid of drowning. They know that their Jesus is with them and He will bring them through. Amen, Leanne. Come on. I bought my own amens today. That's all right. Yes. That's point number one. You know what else I need to tell you? Jesus is praying for you. You're praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that our Jesus makes intercession before the Father for us continually. Isn't that great? If you could pick any being in the entire soul of us to pray for you, I reckon you'd be smart if you picked Jesus. But if I could only get that particular man of God, Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. He's adding his amen to your prayer needs when you're walking through the storm. We get to talk to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, voice is running out. Come on, Leanne. Go, go. I shouldn't yell at Jürgen so much. Then I'd have enough voice to last three services. Point number two. Do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. What did he do in this situation? Well, the Bible says he stood up and he took authority over the wind and the waves. Do you know what the devil's greatest nightmare is? A man or woman of God, a believer, a Christian who knows their authority in Christ. And the reason so many of us are in storms that feel like they're never ending is because we haven't stood up in our authority. My goodness gracious me, Church of Jesus Christ, it's time to get your authority back. Do you know who you are? You are a child of God. And I know this, you don't mess with royalty. You do not... The rules do not apply, all right? They get to put their hand in the cookie jar. Now, listen, you can be entitled in all the best ways, and I'm not talking about the millennial hipster entitlement. I'm talking about standing on the promises of God. You're a child of God. That storm is not going to take you out. It's not going to best you. Your destiny isn't to drown in the bottom of Galilee. Your destiny lay beyond the other side. The world has need of you. Come on. Stand up in your authority. You know, we have, I believe, diminished the power of communion in the church. We've reduced it to a moment, once a month, where we get a tiny little wee drop of whatever the heck that is. 
and a stale cracker. And it's beautiful. We're not going to stop doing it. But please, there will be times where you're going through such a battle and such a trial that you need to take communion daily. You need to remind yourself, remind the devil, and remind the storm. You cannot touch what the blood covers. My gosh, I've been there. When the enemy has come in like a flood, and he will because he doesn't follow a code of war. Oh, I wish the devil would stop fighting me. He's gonna. But you win because Christ won on your behalf and you need to remind him and remind yourself the blood of Jesus right here. The blood of Jesus, the broken body of Jesus is my portion and I will declare it over my family. Men, you ready? I'm pulling out my spanky spoon. I'm pulling it out. I'm pulling it out. There's an uprising of women who are rising up in their strength and it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But something happens to a woman when she has to stand up in a strength and carry a burden that should not be hers to carry. And listen, the Bible talks about being, the man being the head of the household, and that's not a privilege. Yeah, yeah, submit, women. You better submit. And when I come home, I want my hot meal, and you better be darning my socks. No, that's not a privilege. That's a responsibility. It means you are the front line of defense between your family and the attacks of the enemy, which means you don't get to roll the spiritual heavy lifting onto your wife. And she's away at every prayer meeting praying, and she's the one believing God and standing on the Scriptures. If you are a believing man of God here today, we have need of you to stand up in your headship and your authority and start to take authority over the things that are coming against your family. Well, my wife's been given a negative diagnosis. Stand up, emerge man. Stand up, woman uh, of God. Stand up, stand up, stand up. And you tell that storm to back down. Peace be still. You will not have my wife. You will not have my kids. You will not have my finances. You will not have my peace. You will not have my joy. None of those are on the table for you, devil. Back off. It's time for the men to stand. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, so I sought for a man. You're assuming my gender. Absolutely. I sought for a man. And we can make it, we can make it gender neutral all we want. But the Bible is very clear. I sought for a man. Let me tell you right now, the world, the church is searching for a man who will make a wall, build a wall, sound familiar, stand in the gap, on behalf of the nation. So it's time. It's time for the men to stand. And you're not allowed to complain about how the women are, are too strong. Listen, they'll become too strong when you put down what you were meant to carry. And, and I'm not trying to be obnoxious. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to stir the pot or, or be shocking. I'm, I'm being honest with you. So in the natural... Did you know that, that when a woman has to stand in strength that is not hers to carry, and the Bible's clear. It says the woman is the weaker vessel. That's not weaker emotionally, but it does mean that we are more likely to get a little bit worried and concerned when we go through a crisis, okay? That's just the way it is because we're nurturers. We're meant to be more sensitive, which means we get affected more. Okay, so, so when your wife has to stand up and be the man of the house, guess what? She'll become the man of the house. She'll get hairy and mean. Her testosterone spikes. Why is my wife so mean and hairy? She's just responding naturally to what's happening in the spirit. You want to you want to have less body hair and be kinder to you? Stand up, man. Stand up. 
Stand up. Well, this is why women shouldn't preach. This is exactly why they should preach. This is exactly why. Because nobody else is saying this, so I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And I, I, I'm doing this because I care. I'm not doing this. Again, I, I don't care about all, you know, like all that stuff. I, I, I want to help you in life. I, I want your wives to respect you. I want you to respect yourself. I want you to stand in your authority as the head of the house. Come on. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of, Lord, of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. Men, you are the standard bearers in your home. You are the lifters of those things. No, when, when, when my son was in his rebellion and away on drugs, it was devastating for, for our family. And, you know, there were many days where I felt anxious and depressed and very hopeless about the situation. But I thank God for a husband who never for a second wavered in his faith or his commitment or his devotion to fighting the good fight of faith. And as a result, right now, we have a son who is completely free, completely unburdened, and actually got engaged two weeks ago to the love of his life. God can turn it around. He can turn it around. Men, I'm, I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm, I want to put a fire under you because we have need of you. We don't, we don't want to be strong and mean and hairy. We don't want any of those things. We, we want to be feminine. We, we want... <sighs> yes. I like that. I'm... I'm yes. I, it's, all, it's all right. It's all right. I got it. Okay. What else do I want to tell you? Luke chapter 10, verse 19. You, you need to hear this in case you just think I'm being emotional and uh, um, passionate without any cause. Here's what Jesus said. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Listen carefully. And this is Jesus speaking. So I'm a firm believer if Jesus says to listen carefully, we should listen carefully. I have given you, somebody say me. me. Say it again. Me. Authority that you now possess. You got it right now. Right now in your armory, your arsenal, you have authority. Are you using your authority? Or is that gift that God gave you just sitting on the shelf while you sit on the couch going, I don't know what God's doing. I know what he's doing. He's waiting for you to pick up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit to which we can quench every fiery dart of the enemy. How amazing is that? If you turn that little scripture around that we find in Ephesians, every fiery dart of the enemy can be quenched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got to read it a couple of ways. Yes, yes. <laughs> Come on. I know I've been going for three services and I've had 17 coffees. <laughs> All right, that'll do. That'll do on point number two. I'm going to ask the band to come. 11.08. Good. All right, point number three. Remember what Jesus has done. Do you know what I've found? Because I'm going to just... I'm, I'm going to burn all the sacred cows today. We're going to have a good old-fashioned religious spirit barbecue. We have adopted an overlove of the sad story. It's so good to sit around the campfire and hear the stories of defeat. They kind of make us feel better. And then, and then who had the hardest life and who had the saddest story? And there's a spirit that has tried to grip our world 
And before I speak into it, I need you to get your offense switch and turn it off. Turn it off. I'm unoffendable. Get it? In there. Yep, do that. Do that action. I'm turning. You got it? You got it? Good. Angels got it. I need to do that because I'm about to tip a sacred cow. So about two years ago, there was a hashtag that started trending. And I didn't know why I was very uneasy with it. It was hashtag me too. And let me, let me just preface this with sexual abuse and the mistreatment of women should be condemned on every level by every person and the perpetrators should be brought to justice. The Bible says what is done in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. It's right. However, when the hashtag MeToo campaign came out, as a women's minister, no, as a believer, I just felt something not sit right with me. And I remember saying to God, why, why, why can I got, not get on the hashtag Me Too bandwagon? Why does this bother me? Oh God, like help me, help me understand. And I felt the Holy Spirit who is, who is so wise and understanding and all-knowing just say to me, Leanne, because it's an unfinished sentence. It's an unfinished sentence. Me Too will be a part of your story, but it's not the end of your story. The end of the story for the believer is not defeat and having an amen at the point of your pain. The end of the story for every believer should be, but God brought me through and I have a testimony of victory in spite of the evil that men afflicted upon me. What does the Bible say? Many are the afflictions of the righteous and I wish it weren't true, but it goes on to say, but the Lord shall. Deliver us out of them all. Are you living under today what God has called you to live over? Are you living like a victim? Even though you've been victimized, you do not need to stay a victim. You can be victorious in Jesus' name because a victor lives on the inside of you. His name is Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 28. Now all things, not just the good things. Isn't it amazing that God can recycle our pain and bring something beautiful out of it? So you can be a trophy of God's ability to redeem and restore and bring victory, even in the cases of what seemed like a crushing defeat. Not me too, but God. But God, remember what Jesus has done. We got to rehearse the right stories. The Bible says of Deborah in the book of Judges that she defeated an enemy that had oppressed Israel for 20 years because she recounted God's mighty acts. When you go through a storm, what stories are you listening to? What stories are you reading? Are you reading something that amens the promises of God or something that amens the current pain you're going through? Can I encourage you to do what Philippians tells us to do? Whatever is true. And the Word of God is truth. It's truth. There's a promise for everything you're facing right now. Well, what about sickness? Yeah, there's one for that. What about depression? Yeah, there's one for that. What about the trauma after great loss? Yeah, there's one for that. What about financial crises? Yeah, there's one for that. You just got to find it. Oh, but I don't want to read my Bible. Well, guess what? The prophet prophesied, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. How sad that you're taken out because of what you don't know. The promises you haven't claimed. At the end of the day, I think God cares less about the fact that you, you might smoke a cigarette and occasionally use a swear word and more about the fact that there are promises that you haven't claimed that you could have. 
and you turn up to heaven with a whole lot of checks that haven't been cashed. He's like, I, did you read Isaiah? Heals all your diseases. And you went through something, you didn't believe in me. You didn't rehearse the stories of my healing, my redemption. You bring in this check, I, did, I didn't want it. You don't need it here. You needed it down there. And you went through depression and you just let it eat away with you for the rest of your life and you believe the report of the doctors, you'll have to be on meds forever and you'll never be happy and you'll never be able to sleep at night. Booey to that. Come on, rehearse the right stories. Get them in ya, get them in ya, get them in ya, get them in ya. My mother was given a diagnosis that she would die as a young woman her mother died of a heart condition at 42. She had the exact same heart condition. My mum got saved, started going to church. Now she went to a church at the time that didn't believe that God could heal. At best, if you went through a health crisis, they could bring you comfort and a casserole. And they're great things, but they're not enough when you want to live and not die. So my mum did something that I encourage you all to do, and that is she read the Bible for herself. I wonder how many of us are believing things based off a soundbite of someone who is very misinformed. So my mum started to read the Bible for herself and start, started to claim the promises of God over her life. And she'd say things, I thank you, Lord. She'd say things like, I thank you, Lord, that you are the God that rises with healing in your wings. Father, I thank you that your word says that the prayer of faith shall save the sick. You will raise them up. And then she started to uh, subscribe to the Believer's Voice of Victory magazine. She started listening to Kenneth and Gloria Copeland on the side. She got some super on her natural. And I remember all those magazines arriving at our house as a young little Anglican girl who had never heard such stories and such testimonies. And I would read those, I would read those stories as a young girl. Oh man. And I wasn't even sick and faith rose up on the inside of me. But I want to tell you this, because here's the but God part of that story. My mom just celebrated her 71st birthday. She is completely healed and has been healed for the last 35 years of the heart condition that took her own mother. Can God do it? Yes, He can. What stories are you rehearsing? Some of you are hanging around negative little people. They want to pull you down into the same depressive, miry clay that they're into. No, my friend. Get yourself some sanguine, faith-filled friends that are going to stand with you. And not amen your pain, but amen the promises of God. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to get to the other side because your destiny is not to drown in the lake. The world has need of you. We need you. You ain't going nowhere. And your joy's not going anywhere, and your peace isn't going anywhere, and if you're tithing, your money ain't going anywhere either. We can rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm firing myself up right here. Remember what Jesus has done. I love it. Psalm 103. You need to write this down and put it on your mirror. So when you look at your beautiful, beautiful, precious face every morning, not only do you see your lovely reflection, you see a reflection of God's intent and the benefits that you have as one of His kids. Do you know you're a beneficiary? You're a beneficiary of everything that God has promised you. And I'm a firm believer 
If there is a command in the Bible, we should follow it. And if there is a promise, we should claim it. And we can mock the 90s preachers all day long for how extra they were. Oh yeah, name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Listen, we need to get some of that back. And I'm just not talking about futile positive thinking. I'm talking about a confession that, are ba- that is based on the promises of God. Do you know what God's truth is waiting for? Your faith to activate it. Your faith. Your faith needs to activate the truth of God. The Bible says that uh, the, the promises of God are yes and amen. But it also goes on to say that the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What promise is God waiting for you to add your amen to? What stories are you rehearsing? Psalm 103 verses 1 to 5 says this, and this is the one I want you to pop on your mirror. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Maybe you came in today and what you needed to hear was a reminder of the benefits of the Lord. He forgives all your sins. Maybe you're in a storm of guilt and condemnation today. Just remember, He's forgiven your sins. You've been cleansed. Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so He's taken your sins from you. He heals all your diseases. How many people here are sick? And maybe this week you got a report and that's why you're discouraged and you're lacking peace. This is the Word of the Lord to you. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. And I know enough about the Bible to know that when they're referring to the pit, they're referring to a place of deep darkness and torment and anxiety and fear. God can redeem you, my friend. He can redeem you. Things are going to be better than they've been. I'm a messenger of the Lord here today and a pastor who loves you. I wouldn't lie to you and I wouldn't give you false hope. What I'm giving you today right now is the peace that only Jesus can bring. Things are going to get better. Stop conforming to the patterns of the world when things get rough and the storms come. Start to lean into God and declare over yourself. I had a medical crisis a couple of weeks ago. So much so they didn't know how it was going to turn out. And for the first time in a long time, I suffered with anxiety. I would go to bed at night and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat and I was troubled. But you know what I did in those moments? I went back to and picked up the tool that, that I have taught you to pick up all those times. I went, I went to the Bible and I started to declare the Word of the Lord over my life. And I declared the book of Philippians, Father, I'm not going to be anxious or worried about anything. But in all things through thanksgiving and prayer, I'm going to make my request known to you. And I thank you for your peace. God, I thank you for your peace. I thank you that I have knowledge that you're with me. I'm not alone. You're going to bring me through. This is not my destiny. This is just a place. The valley of the shadow of death is the place that I pass through. But it's not my final destination. You're with me. You're with me. You're with me. Remember what Jesus has done. Amen. Amen. Love it if you'd stand to your feet as we come to a close. The missing piece, the missing piece is coming back into your life today. The final thing that Jesus said to the disciples was, why were you afraid? Now, I wonder why he said to them, why were you afraid? He chastised them. He literally rebuked the disciples and said, you didn't need to be afraid. See, Mark chapter 4, they'd been with him for four chapters and they'd watched him do amazing things. 
He healed a leper. He healed a paralytic. A man with a withered hand in church on the Sunday. He healed him too. Then the Bible says after that, he went on a revival tour with his disciples. And it was so powerful that he'd just walk into a room and demons fell out of people. It's pretty amazing right there. It's like Mike Connell ain't got nothing on Jesus. So it was just an incredible thing that they got to witness. And yet when the storm came, they had forgotten everything that they needed to remember. And maybe that's you today. You're in the midst of the storm and you've forgotten everything that you need to remember. Well, that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm reminding you what you need to remember. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever you're going through today, not only does He see, He cares. And He's well able to bring a great calm in the midst of the most ferocious storm. And they said, and the disciples were very fearful. And I think this is so poignant because in America right now, we've in some circles lost our fear of God. And as a result, we've become afraid of everything else. Can you imagine how different the world would look, how different our life would look, this nation would look, if instead of being afraid of everything that goes bump in the night, we were just only had a holy and reverent fear for the Lord that we understand we don't need to be afraid of the weather, spiritually, actually, because we serve the God of the weather. And He is the only one deserving of our fear and awe. Love it if you'd lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank You for a great spirit of peace to come upon Your beloved children today. God, You know the issues that face them. You know what they're facing. You know what ails them, what troubles them, what keeps them awake at night. In the name of Jesus, I declare, peace be still. The peace of God fills their hearts, a peace that belies understanding, a peace that the world cannot give, a peace that comes from the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father, mighty God. Lord, I thank you today that you are calming storms that they're facing, whatever they're going through, my God, you're with them. They do not need to fear, because just as you told your disciples, and lo, I will be with you, even to the end of the age. You're going to make it. You're going to get through. This storm is going to end because Jesus is with you. Come on, give God a huge shout. It's going to be a Merry Christmas. And I just know things are going to shift. So I want you to take this word. It's a to-go word. It's something that you're going to chew on for the next week and you're going to see things change and shift in your life. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.